A warm welcome to everybody. My name is Aston and welcome to my channel. I'll be uploading a lot of ministry content, some preaching, some Christian apologetics, substance abuse recovery material, and some life coaching principles and strategies. So this morning, we're going to be doing a devotion on X 17. Um, we will start from verse 16 and we will end at verse 33, 34. And I want to, I want to, I want to speak this morning on sharing your faith. And there's two outside thoughts that I'm going to bring into this. And what I mean by that is we will take two, um, uh, some statements from the book of Corinthians and then uh, Mark's commission in the last chapter um, just as a bit of a framework to look at this verse this morning and then we will be either one of two people at the end of the sermon will be the one that needs to be sharing our faith or the one that is believing and needing to follow Christ so let us pray and then um, we will go through it father we thank you for a new morning that we have another day thank you father for your love for your grace and for your mercy that is evident each and every morning uh, we thank you lord that we can come together in a time that we can devote this time unto you and lord we just honor and we value you for who you are you are merciful father you withhold what it is that we deserve um, you are slow um, to anger and you are rich in your love and in your grace towards us. Thank you, Father, that you lavish us each and every day with the opportunity to go through your word. We know that this is a privilege, Father, and we thank you that as we go through your word this morning that you will speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Um, correct us, uplift us, take us under your wing. And thank you, Father, that you make straight our path. At the end of today, may we always know what it means like to go your way, Lord, and what it means like not to go your way. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Acts um, and what we're going to be looking at this morning. I thank you this morning for each and every person that is here today, Father. And I pray that you'll just bless them through your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So, there comes a time for every believer where you have an opportunity to share your faith. Um, and what I mean by sharing your faith is not the gathering together with other believers where you talk about the Bible or um, after church on a Sunday, you as believers, you speak about it. But I'm speaking about the people that are unbelievers. You will find throughout your lifetime, you will meet somebody that will call themselves an atheist. Um, A, which means um, without, and C, uh, God. And ist um, is, 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 is a description of them, an atheist. So it's a person that claims to be without God. Um, what can you do? And one of the things is normally what you find is these people are quite um, educated. Atheists are quite educated. Um, so we look at um, the Great Commission um, in the conclusion of the Gospels um, and specifically in Marks where Jesus commissions the eleven. 
he tells them that they need to go into all the all the nations of the world and they need to teach and preach baptizing people healing the sick casting out the demons so he sends them with a commission with a commission to have the power of god so that the miracles they perform people will see that it's a miracle that is performed by people that believe in Jesus. So if people want to know, by whose name do you do these things? Um, Jesus, by the name of Jesus Christ, we do these things. So that people can believe in Jesus. Now, we've seen in the, in the previous weeks in... Um, and I, I just want to quickly go there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a bit from it. Um, like I said, I'm going to take this as a bit of a framework. Um, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, where he says, he says this from verse 6, he says, We do, however, speak a wisdom. Um, let's, let's, let's read a little bit before that. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1, he says this. He says, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weaknesses, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with, were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that faith might, um, so that faith. Oh, where was I now? My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, verse 5, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. So one of the things that we'll learn throughout the Bible is when you're sharing your faith, it's not you speaking to people, but it is God using an opportunity to reach people. Um, Paul then shares, and we looked at it in, in, work, in, in, in the previous weeks, where Paul asks, where is the philosopher of this age? Um, Paul asks, um, and he says, hasn't God used the foolish things of this world um, to confound the wise? We see in chapter number one, he says this, he says, for the word of the cross, or the message of the cross, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. So I want that to be a thought of uh, a thought while we go through Acts chapter 17. The reason being, we find Paul in a situation where he needs to share his faith. But he needs to share his faith with people that have never heard about God before. These people don't know God. Now, here's the thing. What would you say when you... Uh, speaking to somebody that has never heard of the God of the Bible. So yes, one of the things we love specializing in here at GGC is how do you defend your faith to those that believe faith the wrong way? But this morning we're going to look at how do we engage with people that um, don't have any faith in God whatsoever. So let's pick it up um, with Paul in Athens. So at this point in time from chapter 17, um, Paul was sent from one place and then sent to another place. Um, people around Paul, some were believing Paul and some were not believing Paul. And there was a lot of opposition um, against Paul. But here we see when Paul is in Athens, um, and it's from chapter 17, verse 16. And this is what it says. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens... 
He was deeply distressed when he saw that the city was full of idols. So here's Paul. Now I, I, I have a lot of encounters like this, so I can, I can to somewhat relate. I go, I go to a mall and I see unbelievers. And my heart, my heart is just burdened. My heart is, my heart is, I don't always speak out about it. I sometimes just talk about something else. But my heart is always burdened when I see people that are non-believers. My heart is burdened when I see Muslims walk around with uh, their, their outfits, their kurta and their kufia. Um, my heart is burdened when I see Hindus uh, walk around with the dot, those, those ladies, uh, when they walk around with the dot. My, my, my heart is burdened when I hear of and see people that worship idols. Now, why do we say it's an idol? Well, firstly, because it's not God. And anything that presents itself to be God in our life is an idol. And uh, yesterday, Kim asked me a good question. She asked me, um, is our addiction then like an idol? And uh, I said to her, we actually teach that here and you, you'll get to it. Uh, Melvin will pick it up next week, Tuesday. So we'll play the audio for one of the devotions. Melvin is actually going to be touching on it next week. So um, we have idols in our lives. And we, for some, it's a false religion. And for others, it might be anything that takes us away from God. Um, an idol, more specifically according to the Bible, is a carved out image. It is a, a, a image. So I'll give you an example. In the, the, the Catholic churches, uh, that picture of Mary is an idol. So here Paul comes to this place where these carved out images, there's this memorial of all these people gods. And, and he's uh, deeply distressed, as the scripture tells us. And then in verse 17, So, and this is what I love, He reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with those who worshipped God, as well as in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. So look at this. Paul spends time in a town. A town where nobody knows God. It's not like, like he's got, he's, there's people with Paul and there's a group of people that's going to be like, come on, amen, amen, you know, and uh, prepare the people, call the people. Paul literally walks among people that don't know God, never heard of God, don't believe in God, and he starts reasoning with them. Now the word reason I love, because the Bible actually says, come, let us reason. So the Bible doesn't call us to not engage into difficult conversations with people that have, in this context, nothing to do with Christian faith. So for you, you come here for six months, you learn about the Bible, you're going to leave here. And you're going to have some people, some friends, you'll be in the work environment, you'll meet people that have absolutely no clue about Christianity. Yeah, they might have heard the Bible, or they might have heard um, there's a man named Jesus, and Christians believe that on a cross. But we need to engage with people. I want you to keep this in mind. Every single person that you met that is not a born-again Christian, converted to Christianity, they were born into sin and born again by the Spirit of God. Every person that you meet that has not been born again, they will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have an opportunity to save people from going to Yao. It is a big deal. It is a very, very big deal. The future of the population of heaven depends on it. Now, am I saying that if you don't witness to those people, God won't? God has a sovereign plan and their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. 
But because we know that, because we know God has chosen people around us, people remember um, salvation didn't only come for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles also. The Samaritans also got saved. So we see that it doesn't matter what belief system people come from. They need to be born again. But what do we do? We need to reason with people. We have to actually engage. So it's not like Paul preached a sermon, a turn burn sermon. Paul literally walked around testing the knowledge of the people. He reasoned with people that had nothing to know or anything to do with Christianity. Um, this wasn't people that grew up in a Christian home. This wasn't people that, that came from the hometown of Jesus. This wasn't people that saw him being crucified. These people had nothing to do. They knew nothing about it. So let us continue and let us see. Uh, verse 18. Some of the Epicurean and um, Sotic philosophers also debated with him. Some said, what is this arrogant show of trying to say? So here we see highly educated people. So keep in mind, what do we see in, Corinthi what do we see in Corinthians? Paul asking the church the question, Where's the philosopher? Where's the debater of this age? Hasn't God used these, um, the, these things to confound the wise? And the funny thing is, in the book of Acts, in chapter number 18, we see how the church of Corinth was established. So, at this point in time, when these people are debating with Paul, um, the church of Corinth hasn't been started yet. Because chapter 18, we only find that. So, when we have Paul's letter to the church of Corinth, we know already what Paul's um, outlook is for debating the philosophers. Their knowledge brings them to an end. And I said it a few weeks back, when we, when, we, when we test the knowledge of people, we need to push them to their most logical conclusion. So let me, let me, let me give you an example. Um, we believe that life has meaning. Because why? Jesus died for us. God gave us life. And the Bible teaches us how to preserve that life, how to look after that life, not only our life, but how to love neighbor, how to love God, how to live in the community, husband and wife, children and parents, uh, parents to children, uh, believers in the workplace. The Bible gives us meaning. Now, we believe that you can't just take somebody's life without cause or without reason. The Bible permits what the reason or cause should look like, but without that reason or cause, you can't. Now, if you debate with an atheist, and they would probably say, oh no, um, um, which most of them claim, um, they, don't, they, they believe that you can have an abortion because it doesn't matter what the person does with their life and that it's just a fetus. Now we learn that God himself knits that baby together in the womb of the mother, which means that is a life that only God has given. And we need to preserve that life. We need to defend that life. So, what do you do in a situation like that? You need to reason with them. So, you need to ask them, so what, what, what is the cause that you would say to me, I can, I can, I can um, abort a child? And they will say, well, abject poverty. People are poor nowadays. You can't just be making babies and then you can't, uh, you can't look after them. And then you say, oh, okay, well, I know somebody that has an eight-year-old that is living in abject poverty. Let's just go and kill their child. And they'll be like, no, well, that's not a fetus. But the word fetus actually means small child. It's a Latin word for small child. There is no name to describe a baby other than a baby. There's no name given. 
And people say, well, it's fetus. Fetus is Latin for small child. It's a baby. From the time of conception, it is a baby. And you're killing a child. I said yesterday, we are shocked with the statistics of the numbers of, of COVID. More babies are being murdered every day. Now, what do you do? You reason with them. You ask them, you ask them, okay, so if I were to go and do a mass murder of children in the school now, because I feel that that school is in a place of poverty, I'm relieving that parents from their distress. No, you can't do that. And then you ask them, but who says I can't do that? Because an atheist is a law unto themselves. They have no moral stance because they have no worldview that gives them morals. But we do, which is the Bible. And we tell them, you see, what you wanting to do is to stop me from doing an evil thing. And it's the same thing that I want to do. Except the difference is, I have a standard that teaches me that. The Word of God. What standard do you have? They don't have a standard. They are law unto themselves. So you reason with people. You have to learn how to have conversations with people that aren't Christian. So let us continue. Um, so Paul in Athens, um, some of the, verse 18, Epicurean and um, Stoic um, philosophers also debated with him. Some said, what is this arrogant show of trying to say? And you know what's the funny thing? We see how Paul comes to the church of Corinth. Church comes as humble as you can find them. He says, I came to you in weakness. I came to you weak, broken. I came to you in sicknesses. Paul came with his physical conditions. Paul didn't wait for the healing crusade to happen before he preached. Paul came there, stuck in us, broken and weak as he is. And he comes to the church. And he comes there demonstrating the power of God and not his ability. So that at the end of it, people will see, guess what? It's God and it's not man. There's a, a, a famous preacher, he's crippled. Justin Peters, he's one of the leading theologians. Justin Peters, when that man preaches, you'll know that God exists. And that's the funny thing. That man isn't sobbing and saying, but God isn't healing me. That man is preaching regardless of his physical state. Paul, the apostle in the Bible, was a man like that. A man with weakness. A man with physical condition. But when he started preaching about God and the power of God was there, other people thought he was showing off. Here we see it. Here's it at the end of verses 18. This is what the people are asking. What is this arrogant show of trying to say? So a lot of times when you're quite clued up on the Bible and you share the Bible with people, people will assume you're arrogant or you're showing off. And that was the case here with Paul. But let us see. Others replied, he seems to be a preacher of foreign deities. So people acknowledge and they say, okay, wait a minute. This man, he's a spokesperson, he's a preacher about a foreign God. We don't know this God's. Okay? Um, because he was telling the good news about Jesus Christ and the resurrection. So we know what message he was teaching. Salvation and eternal life. Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Verse 19. They took him and brought him to... Um, so these names in the Bible is heavy. They took him and brought him to the Arabicus and said... <coughs> May we learn about this new teaching you are preaching. So people were actually quite interested. So some thought he was arrogant. Some, some said, no man, he's just talking about the God we don't know. But the people wanted to learn. The people wanted to know. Now here's the thing. By your defense of the faith, 
in the eye of the opposition by your ability to wrestle, by your ability to debate, by your ability to reason with people? Do you start winning people over where people actually say, you know what, come tell me more. Come, come, come tell me more. So, Woody Buckham, you'll always hear me mention a guy by the name of Woody Buckham. He is an American preacher, but he's currently a, 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 a lecturer of theology in uh, Kenya. And he's very good on like family setup and things like that. But he's, he's a leading theologian. Some say he's the second best in the world. Some the third or some the fourth. Um, but he's definitely in the top five. Um, Woody Buckham actually never knew God. He was in college the first time when he heard the name Jesus. Yet this man grew up in the projects in America. So he grew up in, uh, in infested flats um, surrounded by crime and drugs. And he never heard Jesus. I imagine that here by us, like the flats, here by any community, the people who have heard about Jesus, people know. But not Woody Buckham in America. He never heard about Jesus. And um, his mom was a, oh, I can't remember now, it's running away from me. Um, and he, 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 he grew up with a single mom. And when he was in college, his friend was a Christian. But his friend was a Christian apologetic. So his friend knew the type of difficult questions people will ask and how to defend the faith with Christianity. His friend knew how to reason and how to debate. And he ended up sitting every day and sharing his faith with his friend. And he started telling his friend about his faith every day. And with him sharing his faith with his friend, um, uh, with, with his friend sharing his faith with Woody now, um, Woody ended up getting saved. But it didn't happen in one day. Um, Woody came every day with questions, but he wanted to learn more and more and more. Today, he's one of the leading Christian theologians. Um, he, he, he travels around as, with, as a missionary with his wife and his nine children. The man is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to biblical theology. The man is elegant in the way he preaches. The man, the man is a leader, a Christian leader, global Christian leader. But the man never had faith. The man never even knew Jesus. Today he defends the same Jesus that he learned about. We need to be like that friend that produces the next Woody. So many people want to be the next Woody Buckham. But maybe we're that friend. Maybe that friend that needs to reason with another friend that is not a Christian. And tell them about our faith. Tell them about Jesus Christ and the resurrection um, of Jesus Christ. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna, to... We're gonna, Keep it on a pause there, and then we're going to move into the second part um, this afternoon um, for podcast. So I hope that this shows us and gives us something to stir the pot with a little bit, that um, we should be like Paul. Paul is an example to us here. And we need to reason with people. We need to reason with people that don't have faith. Um, it is a commission from God. Go into all the nations teaching and preaching the word of God. We might not have the authority that the apostles had of signs and wonders, healing the sick, casting out the demons, but the best commission we still have, teach the word. We have to share the word with people that is out there. And we're going to see the, the Paul module, we can call it, um, of how to do so. So, yeah, let us pray and then we will pick it up again this afternoon, the remainder of it. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can be sharpened by your word. 
Um, thank you, Lord, that we can see exactly how we can engage with people to share our faith. Um, we know sometimes it might come across in the wrong way to people. People might see in us like they saw in Paul, um, arrogant. Um, but Lord, we know that it is not our ability that we can share our faith. But Lord, it's through the power of the Spirit, as Paul says in the Church of Corinth. Um, Lord, we thank you that you give us the ability that you are the one that speaks through us every time we share our faith with others. Um, let us not shy away in the face of opposition. Let us not shy away because somebody, we don't want to offend or hurt somebody with, with the truth, Lord. But let us be ministers and preachers of your truth. Uh, and we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. We thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with us throughout this day. May all it is that we do bring your name glory. May we not only wait to witness after our six months here, and let us even be a living testimony and a witness to one another of your grace and your goodness each and every day. Thank you for your word that uplifts us in all it is that we do. And all it is that we do today, may it bring your name glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.